This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. And I'm just getting out for the walk. I haven't done the walk for at least a month. It's possible that it's been two months. <clears throat> and I haven't done this podcast for a while. Uh, I've been on Twitter and doing stuff on Facebook, <clears throat> posting more stuff on, let's see, um, getting back into the habit of convention, um, connecting to conventions and posting content that is relevant. I'm just trying to remember the name, like with the word for somebody who's... <clears throat> I want to say cultivating, but they're sharing information about a certain subject. So that's what I'm doing. And it's a weird hit and miss. Uh, I think part of it is timing. So you're posting content and I'll find content from other conventions and post it. And then, but I'll also find content while I'm you know, just scrolling around, surfing the web. Uh, the big, for me, the big reason to um, start up podcasting is number one, to talk about uh, the, the project, the work in progress. And that's had a nice kind of reached a plateau uh, let's see so this is it's a sequel but it's transformed so somebody who's read the first book will be going what the heck is going on and me as well this is not what I had planned but is ultimately ultimately more satisfying and so where that is is that I have uploaded I've self-published the front matter for a serial, a serialized piece of fiction. And I keep referring to Dickens because Dickens would do this thing and I looked into how much, like say what the word count was. And it was around 3,000 words, each chapter that he would put out every month. <clears throat> And so I thought that's sort of a good standard. Uh, but where I'm at right now, and I'm sure everybody is, is kind of in the, in the dark and not knowing exactly uh, what's going to happen next. But also might as well do stuff. I, I heard one person say it was either Zoom or something else, and they were saying, it's an artistic, it was Zoom, yeah. It was an artistic revolution, a renaissance. Because, <laughs> because we're all stuck. And uh, not all of us are stuck, but perhaps a majority of us are on staycation, uh, staying at home vacation. Okay, so. Um, I'm going to finish talking, updating, and 
what's what's going on and then I'll get into this uh, serialization business so after this walk and talk uh, on this lovely Vancouver morning I'm going to prepare for a panel and so this is Another weird benefit of the pandemic is uh, social conferencing, uh, aka Zooming. And I I've gotten comfortable now, or more comfortable, with, uh, say, video phone calls. I didn't like it when I tried it 10 years ago. It might have, it was probably 10 years ago that I tried it, and I was like, oh. I don't like this, <clears throat> but uh, and two, I'll have moments where it's just not a good fit. Morning. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, at so it's nine o'clock here, uh, ten o'clock in Calgary. They're on mountain time, we're on Pacific time. And how I got this gig and to how, how they gave it to me was my connection through uh, the science fiction conference uh, convention. So the local uh, convention, VCon, which I'm still uh, doing stuff behind the scenes posting on Facebook content, uh, they're connected to a convention in Calgary, and that is called When Words Collide. So not worlds, but words. And I've, I heard about it, and I was a bit confused, because it's, is it a science fiction convention? Because it's a, a literary convention. It's all about writing and publishing and different genres. And so one of the instigators, uh, Randy, for this uh, WWC, uh, he posted, yeah, so it's that I was following this event. And, and to following it to make connections, but also to share content. And I've shared a ton of content about this when worlds collide um, on the VCon Facebook page. And it's good because it's synergistic, it's synergy, you know, working together and, uh, you know, I'm spreading information. It's, you know, somebody says it's basically networking, but also it's helping out. And, and because of this interaction, you know, all of a sudden I see a post that says, hey, we got a couple of extra slots, right? We've got a couple of extra uh, seats on panels. You know, feel free to check it out. And so I did. You know, I wasn't planning. I think way deep, deep down in the subconscious, I was planning 
<laughs> that I've always been planning. First we will take over this, and then we will dominate that. But up top, on the Persona, no. Uh, right, so I applied for, I think it was two. I applied for two and I got one, and it has to do with uh, poetry. And even though I'm very critical of poetry, I think this, I think the panel is, it's something like the power of poetry or, um, and so there's going to be poets there. Whereas I'm on the flip side, I, I could fashion myself as a scholar, but, but I'm coming at it as, from the angle of the use of poetry, language and song in Middle Earth. So Tolkien, so I'm bringing that. I've got some English lit background. I've got creative writing background. I've been in poetry classes and studied poetry. So, and two, I've written some really bad poetry. <laughs> really bad. Uh, so I'm going to, after this walk, I'm gonna set up, prepare for the Zoom. It was cool. I think it's Jennifer who's uh, doing the panel. She's what, she's the kind of referee. And once again, synergy. She doesn't have to do this, you know, but she has this involvement. She was involved with the earlier form of this literary convention and it was called um, so this is in Calgary, Alberta, in Canada, the province of Alberta, city of Calgary. And their version of VCon was, um, it's not convergence, conversion, that's what it was called, conversion. And so Jennifer, I hope I've got her name right, she, she, she found out about the convention. She found out about Convergence in Calgary and was, you know, really liked it and was, re and was upset when it uh, perished. And, and too, that's on the, potentially on the horizon for, for VCon at the moment. So I, and too, I understand that kind of, I was like, oh, I know how that feels. Even though it's up in the air and we, we don't know what, ha what is happening with VCon. Uh, but, you know, VCon lives on. Um, the people are still doing stuff. I'm still doing stuff. And two, I connected with one of the instigators. You know, he's been doing VCon since uh, the first one in Vancouver, 1972, 1971, 72. And his name's Graham Cameron. And he's been doing, putting on a, a Zoom every week, a couple, Monday and Tuesday. And so one's for more social on Monday. And then on Tuesday, it's uh, more professional and talking about the industry and uh, the business of writing and publishing and editing.
uh, marketing. And that was cool to be bringing in, you know, what I know of marketing and what I've experienced. And so, and to my, my very weird, I think it's weird approach. I was just having a Twitter, it's like direct, I got direct messaged, uh, which is like private message. And then uh, it was, it was a form letter from a, a PR firm, public relations firm, who, who were contacting me to review another writer's book. And so I'm getting this message, this, and to, I thought it was a writer uh, who followed me. So I checked it out and was like, oh, okay. I followed him back. Then I get this direct message, um, this, this letter. And then I just responded back. What is this? Why, why aren't you doing human? You know, why aren't you getting to know me and, you know, spending some time instead of just, you know, here's this uh, running me over with this hard sales or soft sales. And that led to a conversation, which I still don't know. It could have been the PR guy, public relations guy, uh, working for the company that say he'd been paid or she, who knows, had been paid. I think it was a guy. The author is a guy, and of course, though, who knows? <laughs> who, who knows what is what? No one knows anything. And uh, so that Twitter conversation puttered out, and I, I shared some of my insight, uh, which is basically just, you know, synergize, get to know people. You know, use your heart. That's the best marketing. It's the best marketing. It's the gold standard. You know, but how do you do that? And two, nobody wants to do that. Here's a public relations company. You know, they know. They're experts. And yet, they're using this tactic. Um, you know, just, just this garbage tactic of... We're going to drop a huge letter, official letter. I think, too, it's, amount, it's about the amount of work and passion and energy you put into it. Because when you are marketing or promoting with heart, when you're being real and contacting, you know, and I really, I, re I really put, like, say, when I see somebody posting something about a death in the family or a death of the pet or something, along those lines, you know, I respond and I go, condolences. And it's a small thing. It's a huge thing. It means something. And, you know, here's, you know, potentially here's somebody who's in a really bad way. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, some people really put themselves on the internet. You know, they, they live on the internet. So who's to say? 
uh, but it's a human thing. And, you know, in, in you know, best intentions. <laughs> but, oh, it's that time of year when they put the sprinklers on in the morning. And of course it's watering the sidewalk. And of course, you know, nobody's up at this time in the morning. Uh, there was an expletive. There was an expletive right on the tip of my tongue. What is an expletive? It's a swear word. See, who cares? I'll just walk on their lawn or whatever. Here's another one. <laughs> and two, if I was a kid, it wouldn't matter. Here's somebody walking the dog. Right, okay. Morning. Oh, we're not doing morning. Okay. That is the thing about the pandemic is that on one hand, I'm more social, but I'm, a, I'm also understanding if somebody gives me the cold shoulder, the rebuff. Sort of, why are you talking to me? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Don't socialize. So let's head back on topic. The, right, so nine o'clock, I'll be all set up, I'll be all connected and Zooming and I have emails and uh, gotta send a couple emails just to confirm I've got the right Zoom address. And also I have to, my Wi-Fi is shaky, so I have to uh, change, set it up so that I'll be using cellular and Wi-Fi. Why, Moss? Why? Uh, it's it's important. This is this is professional. This is a bit more um, upscale. I'll probably wear a tie. The rest of me is a mess, but the tie is... <laughs> well, at least he's trying, right? It's a panel. It's going to be five. I think it's five people. Five or six. And then, of course, I, I've been on panels before at VCon. And ultimately, it was a positive experience. Of course, you, you know, hiccups and moments of panic, but... Moments where you could fry an egg on my head. Uh, but met a lot, lot of cool people. Eventually. <laughs> like I met them, but then I, you know, put in some, some time and, and actually met them. Got to know them. So that's uh, nine o'clock. And prep. Uh... So into I know what I'm bringing to the table. I, I sat down and wrote some notes for myself, sort of the angle that I'm coming from. So you're channeling, channeling Tolkien, channel the Silmarillion. Uh, yeah, so that's that. And that's a very awesome uh, positive step that is totally and completely 
uh, connected to uh, reaching out, sending an email to my local science fiction convention, which has broadened my horizons and uh, getting more comfortable in, in the role. In what role? In the, you know, this person's written a book. Uh, you know, look, they're not so terrified. <laughs> they seem comfortable in their role. So that's where I am. And two, very cool, the uh, Jennifer from When Worlds Collide, Words Collide, she, she also mentioned, make sure to have your book. And to, you know, when you're introducing yourself, you hold up your book. And for me, right away, I was, this is awesome. This is somebody who cares. And especially that it's a, it's a writing event. We have one here that's sort of a, inspired by the one in Calgary and in Vancouver, it's called Creative Inc. And I, I reached out to them, but I think it was, I think it was kind of last minute. And uh, you, you, of course, <laughs> you know, they, have, they have bigger fish to fry. And two, in my mind, I didn't push. And, um, but, and, but Vcon said, sure, come on board. And two, will I try? I'm sitting here going, I don't know. I don't know if a creative ink doesn't like me. Okay, so enough of this. And let's move on to Moss. What is this? Uh, what's the work in project? Progress. What's the, pro the project in progress? So uh, it continues. Huge shift, and I'm sure everybody writing has, you know, had, you know, adjustments have happened uh, because of world events, world weirdness, and yet it's not. I mean, these, this happens, you know, life happens. Uh, so for me, ultimately, it was about working on what is most important rather than say escapism and finding myself dealing with issues and things that are important and sort of say requiring work and also moving past the restrictions and the restraints that both that we impose on ourselves and that are imposed upon us. So uh, I've talked a lot. I've talked a lot about it in past episodes, and so this is more about what uh, what has been accomplished, and um, yeah. So uh, I went from this huge manuscript, which is weaving multiple manuscripts together and ending up with this huge Frankenstein which I loved but it would take a long time to <laughs> reanimate it would take a long time to edit 
and then uh, even even though you do these things, people say no. And then someone says yes, and then say you would get the first book published, didn't do well, and so you go, you know you go somewhere else to get your second book published, and they say, nope, not good enough. Uh, so. So uh, it reduced to, okay, I won't do this huge series all at once. I'll just do the first book, this weaving together. Of, and I, I was already over, um, I already had my deadline that say, uh, my manager, my wife, had given me a certain amount of time and said, okay, you know, do your thing, get it out of your system. This is the, this is the deadline. I went past the deadline and, and of course that was stressful. She wasn't happy about it. I wasn't happy about it. And, and really the reason for that is that I had not, I had not found um, or, I, or rather, of course it's there. One's own story is there. But it, it, it takes doing. It takes, you know, the push. It takes the patience. And then so finally, I arrived. But uh, right up to the end, it was this reduction. And it was about, you know, instead of doing a full novel, because there's no time now, to doing a just, I, th I think it, yeah, just the first chapter. There's no time to do the first chapter. That say, conceptually, I didn't have it. Like I kept coming back to it, back to it. And just, what is, what is this? What is it about? And, and I found myself working on the front matter, which is forward, Preface, it's a forward preface, introduction, and prologue. And not the prologue that people are normally doing. And, and I, I went back to that and I was doing that because it contained, oh, somebody's watering their lawn and they're not blocking the sidewalk. This is a very civilized watering job here. I appreciate. And two, the person is doing it with hoses and spray guns rather than sprinklers. So there's a very specific arc. Yeah, 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 Moss, get back to the story. The plot. It's not a story. It's a plot. No, it's a story. Uh, so, way past the deadline and knowing, you know, it's time to throw in the towel. So let's, let's go out in style. If this is it, then let's say what's, you know, most important, most of concern. And, um, with a lot of heart. 
which I said earlier, you know, that's the gold standard. But the question is, how do you do that? How do you connect with people on a emotional level, community level, human level? Instead, instead of making it this, you know, weird, dysfunctional, you know, uh, oh, we're a couple of addicts, you and I. It's like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Wait a second. You mean I can? You, you know, you have a product that uh, blah blah blah. So I don't have to deal with my stuff. I don't have to, you know, get inside my own head. I can just be on the outside. And so, uh, I, yeah, and I, I found myself clarifying, and, you know, what happened at the end of my first book, my debut, what happened, and uh, say my hope, and then it, uh, as I, and I was getting closer and closer, it was like, yes, it's Vancouver. It's being said in Vancouver, but more and more and into the potential. You know, why don't I want to write about Vancouver? Is there a way of doing Vancouver that would be awesome and interesting and fun? What's missing in Vancouver? Uh, yeah. And so I'm just trying to sort of remember what it was that sort of set the the dates and things like that. I think it's that, yeah, I was begin beginning to hate what I was editing, and, I, and that was a good sign. I remember saying to my manager, that's a, no, no, it's good. <laughs> it means that uh, I'm running out of things to edit, like a sort of clarifying. Uh, and then finally, too, sat down with her, and any time she, she asked me, what does that mean? You know, or I'm con said I'm confused about this. And then it was that was a message to clean it up and to uh, communicate, build that bridge. And of course, it's of course it's not a perfect, um, but in the end, this is about this is about say putting it out there. Our first step. What is it? The promise of the premise. Uh, just to get it done, get it out there. And uh, in a sense, to finish. Uh, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I will continue. But it's a high note. I can remember saying to someone, I love it. I don't care what other people think. <laughs> and, and of course, for public relations, you know, that's a nightmare. Come on, you have to be concerned. Um, but it really is written for one person. And uh, in, in Menton, a multiple of senses and sentences, like as a pun, as a homonym. And so, uh, you know, finally it was... It was just done. And I was tired. I was pushing. I was, pu I was drinking a lot of tea and, then, and chugging water. Um, but I wasn't getting out to walk. And I knew that was unhealthy. 
So that was another reason to just finish this thing. Uh, it, it plays on, it plays on one's, uh, psyche, mental health. Uh, so that's, that's another reason to, you know, take a break and say, okay, accomplishment, success. Uh, to me, this is a success, you know, personally, I'm saying something that needs to be said for me, uh, for me, for my family. I'm just thinking of my uh, cousins, thinking of my, yeah, cousins. And just what is it to, what's, what's the important thing to say that's not being said, that we can't say, you know, that we're scared to say. So, uh, it really is, for me, really is a, a magnum opus. I don't want to work on anything else. Uh, but I have to pay the bills. I have to figure that out. I have to, you know, get out there and... Um, even though it's really cool to hang out with these people, it's... It doesn't pay the bills. And, th and there's that saying of, um, there's no money in it. And there's truth there. I mean, it, in order to do it, you have to get to a sort of certain point. Morning. Okay. So we're... We're clicking down. Oh, we're only about halfway. So, uh, at first I was thinking, well, we're just, we're doing Dickensian uh, chapters, serial. So I'll just put it up with no cover. It, and I'll, I'll do a screenshot of like the first page or something like that. And I, as I was going along, I, I it, it just fell into place. It's like I want, I want to, I want to do the color cover that I want. I had this weird thing happen in um, Photoshop didn't work. It used to work, and now it stopped. Uh, so I went over to Illustrator and Adobe Illustrator and you know started up hadn't used that for at least a year maybe two and it just it just happened uh, bang 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 and all of a sudden I've got my cover uh, it's not perfect there are things about it that I would like to I did not have a I did not have the source um, art but it happened. It fell into place. And the, the font, it was really weird. I was like wrestling with, it's probably more like I was wrestling with myself. You know, here I am, uh, you know, lack of sleep, too much tea, um, angry, just want to get it done. 
And yeah, so kick it out the door. And the, th the weird thing was, I liked it, that the cover had this kind of uh, Metallica-esque, it's like, you know, 1980s heavy metal. I, there was something going on. And my, also, my, my thinking as well was, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It's, you know, if somebody is interested in the content, if word gets around and the right person finds it, and ultimately that there is a publisher, will that publisher be me? It doesn't matter. It's like, whatever. Just a side note. I, I was using these kind of bowl uh, medical masks that I'd picked up uh, before the pandemic had even started for uh, allergies, asthma, you know, like hay fever, pollen, dust. And uh, they have, what is that, a strap around the neck and then a, another strap that goes sort of on the back of your head and it's snug. Uh, but I'm, I've switched to the blue medical masks which are easier they don't have a seal so much and i think the idea is is that it's just it's to stop any of the um the mist or the droplets from uh like say if i have the virus that when i cough or sneeze it's going to hit the the mask and stop it from getting out uh full force, one would hope. And it, it's a weird thing. I remember, I, re I remember seeing, it was, usually it was Asians in Vancouver, and then it, they would have medical masks. And we'd go, oh, that's odd. Are they worried about getting sick? And then when I went over to Korea, I learned, I think I knew beforehand that the masks are, aren't to protect, masks don't protect yourself, they protect others. And so I don't know where that idea came from that medical masks are a kind of selfish thing. I think there is an element of that, but it more has to do with others. Like my big thought right now was, why do surgeons wear masks? You know, they don't. They don't have to wear masks. Are they worried that they're going to get, you know, sick? No. <laughs> they're trying not to cough in somebody's, you know, innards and, you know, sneeze and a whole bunch of bacteria goes into somebody's surgery. Oh, how did that get there? Best best uh, mask I've seen was a bus driver who was wearing one that looked more like it was for war or maybe say doing a fiberglass installation fiberglass um, what is it called well, 
yeah, insulation. Insulation, installation. It's that pink stuff. And, uh, yeah, huge mask. A lot of bus drivers don't wear masks. Uh, I suspect, though, coming up September, there's going to be a shift. We shall see. Uh, so, Moss, what are you going to do with all of this free time you have on your hands? Um, I have, in the past, I have tried uh, getting work that's connected and related. And that hasn't worked out for me. Uh, that I'm, yeah, I'm not that person. So it would be something along the lines of, um, I did teaching and totally connected. I was teaching classes that were, you know, creative writing and, uh, some days were good and some days were awful. Some days were, uh, upsetting, really upsetting, uh, distressing and encountering uh, people, I don't know if they were taking advantage of that, but uh, th they did not make it easier, and I did not have the philosophy of just, you know, <laughs> hand it back to them. <laughs> That's your problem. <laughs> so I take it personally. There we go. Uh, I'm thinking of paying gigs, um, jobs where where uh, there was money. Yeah, ultimately the... And two, I, I hadn't gotten diagnosed. I didn't know what was going on. Other options? Uh, of course, there's lots of online stuff. A purpose? Things that are not just interesting, but also have meaning. So... Um, there's issues that I'm very keen about, and that's, that's something that's important. Otherwise, it seems like a waste of time. Money, money's not a waste of time. Well, <laughs> depends on your point of view. If you're not enjoying that time spent, blah, blah, blah. Uh, also, uh, publishing, and I'm just I'm just trying to think if if I was working on like working for a publisher or there's things there's things that I like and then there's things that I dislike. I have empathy for other writers. So it's up in the air, um, but I've accomplished, you know, I was sort of this guided missile and now I've reached my target and detonated and the, uh, I, I can, <laughs> I'm sort of telling myself now, I can walk away from this <laughs> after riding this uh, literary missile. There's no perfect, that's something else. 
you know, I've tortured and beaten up this, and it's, you know, it's not a manuscript. It's like the front part of the manuscript. There's a kind of illogic to it. But I think it has to do with creating something and the, the necessity of explaining it, saying, this is what I'm working on. Even for myself, say if I return, I don't know, 10 years later, and say with that potential of retirement and returning and, and oh, oh, where did I leave off? That kind of thing. I'm proud of it in the sense that uh, I can leave knowing that the job is done, that there's, there's nothing to really explain. There's a bunch of uh, kids. There's a bunch of teens that at this point I referenced and there was uh, conversations, listening, a lot of listening, and clarifying. So it, I think it, it, in one way it's a manifesto, in one way. And then in another way, um, it's, a, it's a personal manifesto, but it's also like a... Um, a roadmap or a, a plan, a blueprint. There we go. It's a blueprint for what could happen. It's, uh, it has a utopian element, but it's very, it's, it's addressing, addressing, especially in Vancouver, I'm making it specific to Vancouver and addressing uh, what it is we're doing, why we're doing it, um, options. Uh, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I uploaded. And two, this is not my first rodeo. Uh, I self-published 20 years ago. And, and that was a novel more on the horror side of things. And then I uploaded to Amazon when it ex started to exist. I uploaded, I worked on my cousin's, uh, it was a collection of articles, I guess, kind of journalistic. And more on the metaphysical side. And then finally, now, so this will be my third I didn't publish Greyhawk of Terrapin. Somebody else did that. And one of the things that got me was not writing to a publisher, not writing, say, in the sense of, you know, saleable. Oh, this is something that everybody will understand, right? I'm going to, I'm a storyteller and I'm going to tell a story 
and people will sit around the campfire and listen and you know oh that was a really great you know second act midpoint false success oh wow i really enjoyed how the tension and etc etc so in this case it it's it's more about it's more about the content you know oh uh, what is it what is it i want to write and need, need to <laughs> more on the need less on the want because want is desire and need is bliss and and then two finally setting it aside finally putting a a cover that's important to me the art i'm not thinking of you know i'm making a cover you know and that cover is to attract customers it's a memorial right it's somebody i know made the art they had a difficult life somebody i know and love still i care about uh and their son and I don't know their son but it's a it's an opportunity say when this is my friend Corby childhood friend that say one day you know his son could go looking you know and at least find this this one example this is a person who knew my father and can explain can explain you know this is what happened this is why it happened um these are the painful truths that we uh don't exp- you know we can't that's we're not brought up that way we're not trained that way we're punished if we you know if we get into this It's interesting too the is sort of doors shutting doors opening uh, in our, our community because it's uh painful and and too it's not painful it's upsetting pain you know yeah pain somebody could be so upset that they feel pain i suppose but i'm talking the emotional stuff the the grief and the the anguish to address that to heal a bit um and also think big really big and to say something of value you know instead um and, and as well i i i was like let's not stop you know even though we have to go and uh shill and we have to sell out and we have to uh uh whore ourselves for money or so, should i say gigolo ourselves for money that can still work on the good stuff you know can still work on bliss can still work on moss what is this bliss you're talking about So bliss is 
it's been a while since I've mentioned it, but Bliss is uh, internal. It is uh, in the pursuit of that which makes you feel alive and not in the grotesque sense. So I'm not talking about, you know, your drug of choice. That's external. So I'm saying, how do we get internal? How do we get, uh, how do we become creative uh, without the drugstore? You know, what, what can we do to cultivate inside? And that's bliss in the pursuit of, in my, <laughs> what's it called in the dictionary? This is my description. Okay, so ramping off of this, I have now got to steer myself home and prepare uh, for this panel. And it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm not ripping myself apart uh, with desire. And that's a cultivation as well, how to cultivate uh, personal success and go, oh, Hooray for me. Look, I did it. You know, and in this case, I did the thing that I needed to do. You know, I didn't write some kind of trash. It, I love trash, but I wrote something that was uh, unique, etc., etc. It wasn't formulaic. So what do I have to do to prepare for the panel? I did my notes. So I'll read over my notes. Maybe I'll practice, you know. My name's Moss Whelan. I'm a Vancouver author. I wrote Greyhawk of Terrapin and other people messed it up. <laughs> no, I got to take responsibility. Um, ultimately. Uh, let's see what else. And then um, I'm not sure exactly how the format is, but say I'll be following. So if people are, you know, mentioning the topic, their sort of point of view, then I, I will get into my Tolkien point of view. Which is all about creativity uh, versus destructivity or destruction. Uh, Let's see. One side of my camera is busted, so I'm going to use my wife's camera and I should say phone. It's weird. We ought to come up with a name for them. And I guess it's just phone. That sound is so important, so, you know, phono. I, and, too, they have attempted to come up with new names, but, you know, it's up to the people. <laughs> it's a smartphone. No, it's just a phone. It's a cell phone. No, it's just a phone. So yeah, uh, set it up and uh, so you get a clear image. 
I'm still juggling because I was thinking, oh, maybe like a, set it up like a video camera. But to engage, I've got to actually see what's going on. And uh, I'm used to it, so, you know, it won't be a, a freak show <laughs> as far as how I'm feeling. You know, oh, look, you know, the, the uh, menagerie the uh, glass menagerie in, you know, a zoo, basically. So, got four minutes, three minutes counting down. Um, last words. So on one hand, I recommend doing what I'm doing. I had a talk recently with Don DeBrandt. I did most of the talking. And uh, <laughs> he kept watch. <laughs> uh, but we, we did, or say rather, I strayed into the subject of writing what is needed uh, versus wanted. And I was being critical of him, uh, but rather more critical of the industry. And critical and questioning... Um, because Don is a professional and there's a price to pay to do that. Uh, on the other hand, you are a professional, you know, and so you, you have uh, the credentials, the credits. But I say I find myself returning to um, what is most important versus what the external is doing and wanting and, um, you know, pandered to me. And, uh, the, you know, that hasn't been earned. Uh, you know, for, for all of the self-centeredness that we have, we, you know, we don't deserve, and this is my opinion, we don't deserve, uh, you know, these soft stories of, you know, everything works out in the end. Um, we don't deserve escapism. And, and on the other hand, and as I'm saying this, I'm going, what about those, what about those really cool science fiction shows, right? <laughs> Wrestling with the big issues. And I was like, shh, quiet, quiet. I'm making a point here. I'm taking a stand on a hill that doesn't exist. Where the, the point that I've reached is, I don't know. I don't know what this is all about, this publishing industry. I don't know why they pick some people and they don't pick other people. Uh, yeah. Even say, I, I watched the Aurora Awards last night. Um, and it, this was done alongside When Words Collide, the literary uh, convention and you know here's the you know awards going to because Canada doesn't support really uh, science fiction and fantasy morning
And so you'll see these award ceremonies and it's for literary fiction and, you know, claps on the back and, oh my, we're so serious. But if you study literature, you know that uh, science fiction and fantasy have been with us from the beginning. You know, uh, the stupidity of it, the snobbery of it, the supremacy of it is just overwhelming. And, and in that sense, that's another thing that, that I write against. And, you know, just, you know, how dare, <laughs> how dare I, how dare you, how dare we. Uh, all right, on that note, take care and do your thing. Uh, follow your bliss within. Figure it out. Be creative. Work on that thing inside yourself. <laughs>